Hey friends, welcome to the Well-Tended Life Podcast. What is a well-tended life? Well, let me start by telling you what it's not. A well-tended life is not a set-it-and-forget-it life, nor is it a perfect life. It is, though, a life that is worked on every day, in the sunshine and through the storms. And the truth is, what worked in our life gardens last season may not work in the next. That's why, here at the Well-Tended Life Podcast, we're interviewing people who have grown and bloomed true in a variety of seasons and who are willing to share their well-tended wisdom and weed-whacking advice with us. Listen in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first mini-episode here on the Well-Tended Life Podcast. My plan is for these to be small, quick, life-tending tidbits that will help you to jumpstart your best well-tended life. Today's tending tidbit is actually from a coffee shop conversation I had with the Bond and Grace girls before Christmas. Jacqueline Bond, the one that you'll hear asking me some questions, and her partners have created a gorgeous art book style edition of The Secret Garden. And they'll be on a later podcast, and the link to that book will actually be in the podcast notes, so go check that out. But this was just kind of a get-to-know-you chat that had a great life-tending nugget inside that I knew I wanted to share with you. So take a listen as I talk about what I found when reading The Secret Garden in my late 30s, and then what I did first with that life-tending knowledge I found. And what I really saw was in reading The Secret Garden, I saw my life as it was at the moment being reflected in the locked up, withering, Mm. you know, abandoned, weed-filled Secret Garden. Um, I realized that I had really covered myself in the weeds of busyness Mm -hmm. uh, in an effort to really try to prove my worth after losing my job. Mm -hmm. And probably many other things. And uh, I saw all the, the nuggets tucked inside those pages about how to go about, like, you know, bringing my life back into full bloom, which mm. is like, you got to get up every day and you got to turn the key and you got to open the door and you got you to make room for growth and you got to pull the weeds of busyness and you got you to gotta prune away the past. And, and all of those things just kept becoming more and more glaringly obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I also had abandoned my dream of being a writer. Um, mm-hmm. When I was in college, I went into college as a, an English major and a journalism minor. And I got a C in my first English class. And I was like, well, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to get C's all the way through college. So I switched my major to public speaking because I could still like write, but nobody had to judge my written word. Mm-hmm. And then I went, you know, went about my business and went into sales and, and uh, had babies and got married and did all that kind of stuff. But I never wrote again from, from that English class forward. Whereas I was like, you know, I was the girl with stacks of papers underneath her bed. Right. And, um, and so it wasn't really until, you know, I started you know, digging back into who I was that I, I remembered that dream and, and started, started writing again and um, really knowing full well that it's my purpose um, to to share with people who are living cluttered, cluttered and locked up in withering lives and to teach them how to, to, 
to pull those things away and, and water themselves well and, and go back and dig deeper and find their purpose again and all that kind of stuff. So that's really what I'm doing through the well-tended life. I'm curious yeah. what the first thing you, like, thing you did after kind of having this realization, what was it that you either removed from your life or I know. Yeah. Like, what was it? Uh, it was, I learned how to say no. Mm. Um, I, I knew that I had to make room. And what I did was I did two things. I, I, number one, I wrote down all the things I would be doing if I wasn't so busy. Mm. And I just made, and it was crazy. I was like, I mean, like in five minutes, I had like a list of 30 things, like 30 things. Mm -hmm. I still have it on my phone. Mm. And, and as I looked at it and I was like, why am I doing all this other stuff? If this is really where my heart is, like, you know, and it, and so what it became was kind of like my rally cry, right? Like, like this was my why this was, this, this was why I needed to make room. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then two, I, I, I created a no speech because my problem is, is I'm a doer. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not like whatever you want to call it like that. You're speaking to the choir when it comes right. to girlfriend. <laughs> Listen, right. So, you know, everybody asks you to do everything. And yeah. I think just because I can, I should, mm-hmm. so I should all over myself. Right. And then, but what I found was that I was unprepared to say no. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't, I'm, I'm sure I heard it on a podcast or some, I, I don't know where, I don't think it was my, I'm sure having a no speech was not my original idea. Like, right. It probably came from somewhere, but what I did is I, I, I had something that I always had in my back pocket to say no, so that I wasn't adding things to my plate. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, it literally, I live, this is what I said. And I had, at the time I had a huge garden, I had chickens, I had all the things. And I said, you know, Hey, thank you so much for asking me to be on such and such board. You know, I really appreciate it. But with what's on my plate right now, you know, I don't do anything. I can't give 110%. And, and with what I have on my plate right now, I just can't give them that. And I have 12 chickens, three dogs, two kids and a husband. And so if I say yes to this, one of those isn't going to get fed and somebody's going to die. <laughs> and you don't want that kind of blood on your hands, do you? Yeah. Right. So like that would make you end it with humor. Yeah. So you like, but I also, I'm, I'm, I'm very clear about what it is that I want, all that kind of thing. And, and then I went in and I just, I started resigning and saying no. And, and I, cause I was on all sorts of boards and really I took that list and I said, unless it, unless it literally is important to my, my faith, my family, you know, and, and my business, like it doesn't, it doesn't get on my list anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I got, got real, real vigilant. Mm-hmm. And I will say that that's a cycle, right? And so I pay attention to, to the signs that say, um, I've, I've, I've gotten covered up again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's exhaustion and sickness and all, you know, all of those things. Those, those are the bugs that, that remind me and show me, hey, by, hey, by the way, yeah. <laughs> you might want to pull a couple things back off your plate. Um, so, yeah, so that was the first thing I did. Say no. Oh, my goodness, y'all. Do you see yourself reflected in that conversation? Do you feel like maybe you need to make some room? So take a minute this week and write down all the things that you would rather be doing if you weren't so busy. 
Then create a quick no speech so that you're prepared to say no. Then consider resigning from the things that you are currently committed to. Not all of them, but take a look and really figure out whether you need to be committed to those things. And then make sure you're watching for the signs and signals that the weeds of busyness have crept back in after you've done that work. I actually do this daily in my journal practice. And so if you're curious about that practice, there's a link in the show notes to a free journal template where you'll learn to read, reflect, weed, seed, and water every day in order to live your best well-tended life. So until next time, y'all, blessings and blooms.